Welcome to Chapter 73 and Part 2 of our river cruise up the Douro in Portugal. And on today's podcast, we'll tell you about some of the excursions we took in. And an airline to avoid when traveling to Portugal. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Well, we're still sick. Stuffy. We're still stuffed up. It's been uh, bordering on three weeks now? Yeah, well, for me. And and you've taken meds. Yeah, no, I, I just wrapped up a flight of antibiotics for this sinus uh, infection, which I get every time I get a cold, and uh, that's fun. Because, you know, the the sickness isn't over when the cold's over. So <laughs> it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, well, you, you are feeling a little better. Yeah, I'm just, you know... Uh, anybody who's been through like a nasal infection, sinus infection thing, you just, you know, it's just not fun. There's pressure in your head and, and you know. a little bit more cranky than usual? More cranky than usual, especially that it's in the summer, mm-hmm. you know. Who wants being sick in the summer? No one. No one, no. Um, I'm wondering, though, if it has anything to do with, uh, like, we're getting a tiny bit of smoke and there are articles all over the all over the internet about uh, the Canadian forest fires making their way to Europe. Yeah, well, the smoke crossed the Atlantic on the yeah, jet stream. On the jet stream. And so, you know, the first one of the first countries is, is France. And yeah. so, you know, we're about two hours by car to the Atlantic coast. So we were smelling smoke uh, last night. Last night. And uh, I, t- I took took a picture, put it on uh, the Facebook page, uh, Facebook page and Jeff and Julie moved to France and it's just you can see like it was our sunset last night at about 930 and you can just see the sun is in in a bit of a haze it's yeah it's they call it milky kind yeah. of yeah yeah and uh it's hard to believe that the Canadian forest fires are affecting uh the, the weather here and I, but it is it's and you can even smell it in the air it's unbelievable yeah well I, I hope that there's some good news to be delivered regarding those fires because they're only halfway Canada's only halfway through you know the season the season for fires and so, it's it's the it's the highest on record yeah well I was reading that Toronto has the worst air quality in the world right now yeah and that's not even at a leaf game <laughs> uh okay <laughs> uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know my my hatred of the Leafs is uh is profound but that's okay that's go, okay. Go Habs, go. Go Habs, go. Um, we want to welcome a couple of new listeners to our podcast. Uh, just got a note on Facebook Meta, whatever that is, but that's where our Facebook page is. <laughs> God, I've never seen anything so confusing in my life. But anyway, we uh, we found your podcast by chance and enjoying both a lot. We live in Cambridge, Ontario, and are coming to France in October. And for one of the weeks, we're in Dordogne. <laughs> so lots of fun listening to your recent podcast. Very entertaining and also helpful. Uh, love the French phrase of the day. We will keep listening, especially as we drive back and forth to our cottage in Bayfield, so that we can listen together. Chris and Murray Hubley of uh, Cambridge, Ontario. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Bienvenue. And have a really, really nice... And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to Dordogne, you will love it. It's just one of the most incredible areas yeah. I've it's, ever been to. It's beautiful and there's so much to do and so much history. And October is the 
perfect month to go. Oh, yeah, that's right. They say they're going in October. Oh, it's going to be yeah. per- no, you know, no throngs of people. You'll be able to and fa- and fine weather, really fine good weather. weather. Check out uh, honestly, Josephine Baker's chateau and the history you get there. You got to go there. You got to you got to go to that one. Um, and, and and the goof, the padrac. Yes, <laughs> the big hole in the ground and the jardin de Marquis- uh. Marquisac. Crazy. There's so much to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that brings me to the French phrase of the day because we're continuing to talk about our boat cruise yes. on the River Duro. So here is the French phrase of the day. Okay. Quand la mer est tranquille, uh-huh. chaque bateau a un bon capitaine. Uh, when the mother is happy... Uh... <laughs> the captain of the boat is happy? No. One more. Just give it to me one more time. Okay. Um, quand la mer est oh, oh, tranquille. So, oh, okay. Not the mother of the sea. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Sorry. All right. Quand la mer est tranquille, okay. chaque bateau. Every boat. A each, each un boat. bon capitaine. Uh, has has a, a good captain? That's it. Okay. So when the sea is tranquil. Uh, all the boats have a good captain. Correct. I see. What the hell does that mean? Well, it just means if if the if there's no trouble, yeah, everybody's a good driver. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. All right. That's a good one. See, I but I. <laughs> <laughs> I know, mer, 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 all right, good French phrase of the day. I'm getting there. You, you I, are. I, I just have to, uh, and you know what? Again, you, you forgot to print it yeah, up for me. Yeah, if I had printed it, you if, would have gotten it right away. Right away, because it would have been M-E-R. Yeah, and not M-E-R-E. Done. But, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, I worked, my, I worked through it, as I do with so many things. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, happy belated anniversary. Thank you, my darling. Little sweetheart. Yeah, you of- were so sweet. We celebrated our, uh, oh, don't even want to say the number. 33 years. <laughs> yes. 33 years. You, you poor woman. That's all I have to say. Uh, on on the boat, it yeah. was our anniversary dinner, and you yeah. were so sweet. You ordered a special bottle of mm-hmm. champagne that we were able to share with our friends, and we had a lovely evening, many, many laughs. And that particular night was also <laughs> a special theme night. Oh, my God. So uh, before the trip, we get this uh, notice from Uniworld. Hey, you know, and <laughs> here's the thing. I'm... I'm not a I'm not a group guy. I'm not. We're really, not costumey people. I'm not costumey people. I'm not a group. Uh, hey, guess what's going on tonight? I'm not. I just want, not one of those kind of people. So we get the uh, hey, who's up for <laughs> <laughs> who's up for seventies theme night? Not me. <laughs> yeah, when when most of the cruise guests were probably. Forty. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I remember the seventies. I retired in the seventies. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it was kind of odd. But here's the here's the. It was a really we had a good group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on with Humble and Fred this week, and Fred said, "Was there any a holes on the trip?" Because he said, "There's always an a hole," and I said, "Well, it was probably me." <laughs> Uh, because there weren't, there there just weren't. Everybody was really yeah. good people. Yeah. And uh, wow, all of a sudden, this is like 
three quarters of the way through the trip, you wonder where these people kept all this gear. But they're oh, pull- there there were leather vests, there were peace signs, uh, jewelry, yeah, like yeah, and there there were a couple bell bottoms, yeah, a couple of fellas wearing uh, wigs. Three guys wore uh, so as you were saying, yeah, Amazon had a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a lot of there was a lot of repetition. Google seventies costume <laughs> and Amazon pops up because there must have been ten of those leather vests. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the three guys yeah. with the sort of uh, ELO hair, I guess you could say, uh, the the Jeff Lynn hair. You know, the puffy, big, puffy, dark uh, black hair. So they 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 posed for a picture. The three guys, yeah. they look pretty cool. Oh yeah. And then and then you know, oh, uh, uh, our buddy. From uh, uh, where were they from? Um, uh, where's the Utah? Pl- yeah, Utah, and he had the the hat. Oh yeah, yeah, USA yeah. USA yeah. hat, yeah, but yeah. then it had the full mullet out the <laughs> yeah, back, yeah, and he looked cool. pretty good in it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> anyway, that it was, was fun. That was fun to watch, uh, and it was great to hear. But here's the thing, and I, you know what? This is not a complaint to Raphael, the DJ. But don't be playing Rolling Stones from 1966 on 70s night. Come yeah, on. I mean, it. there were about like three in a row. It was like the Rolling Stones and then the Beatles and then there was like some sha-na-na thing. And I'm going, hey, 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 come on. Well, you're a, a music aficionado. I'm sure that most people didn't even, it didn't even occur to them that it's not the right decade. Stick with the theme. That's all I'm saying. Stick with the theme. There's tons of stuff. Like, there's lots of Jacksons to dance to. There's tons of stuff from the 70s. All right. Just point made. Oh, yeah. And I went out to make a request. Yes. And he said, make sure it's from the 70s. And I said, you make sure it's from the 70s. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we danced. We had a good time. Yeah. It was fun. It was very fun. Yeah. And, And, uh, yeah. And then, and then, um, uh, you guys partook. Well, I was on. I I took in one. I think I took in one excursion. Here's the problem, uh, and then I'll let you go on this because you you you. I was sick in bed for two days. You guys went off on these excursions, but the problem and 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 it's you know it's an, it nobody it it can't be helped. But when you're taking these trips on say the Rhine or on some of these other European rivers, mm-hmm. they are dotted with. With civilization, mm-hmm. you know, you've got all these t- cities and, and villages and boat pulls in. There's your excursion, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Duro's not like that. There is not a lot of life right next to the river, so everything is on a bus. Yes, and I hate buses. Right. Well, you you did do one yeah. excursion. And uh, let's go to that now because it yeah. was it was the three of us. Yeah. And because on that day Brian was not feeling well. Yeah. Um. So we went to Castello Rodrigo. Castillo. Oh, is it Castillo? Oh, maybe it's Castello. Anyway, yeah, Rodrigo, which was a ruins. Yeah, I mean, everything starts out being a chateau built by some king, mm-hmm. and then is overtaken and then demolished, and then we go see the ruins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But there was a lovely, an old church yeah, there. that church was... That uh, church in the center of the village was is that, historical. Was it 11th or... 11th. 11th century? Yeah, 11, I think 1192 it was built. In, in, in different segments. Oh, of course. As most things, right? They don't just pop them up like they do in strip malls. 
Yeah. So there were lots of interesting things to see, the granite altar and dif- different frescoes, and and that was uh, that was a, quite a nice thing. Yeah, uh, I have a ton of photos of uh, Castillo Rodrigo, the, the ruins, the church. Check it out on our Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Moved to France. And then we, I went on the ne- uh, next day, another excursion. This was another wine tasting. Uh, the cruise gave you the option of going to either one or the other. One of them was Sandemans, and the other one was Croft. Oh, I see. And um, the Croft one was a walking tour. So, you know, when you're on a boat, you want to... Yeah, stretch the legs. Stretch the legs, get out a little bit. I did not realize how sandy the terroir is, the earth. Uh-huh. Like, the three of us, you were in bed, but... Yeah, Angie, uh, Brian, and myself walked out of there, and our ankles were just oh, our shoes and our ankles were were covered in dust. Oh, I see. Um, but we got there, were greeted. It's a bigger place, like we, you know, we talked about the tasting that we did at Bomdia. This is you know an outfit that really wants to accommodate a larger group of people. So there were several tour buses that arrived, but we had our own um, our own guide. Mm-hmm. And he, um, you know, explained all the varietals, how they how they do things, how, <clears throat> how the different ving- uh, vines are treated. Um, he explained that they're sh- they can't, not allowed to water new vines after three years, mm. just because there are all, all kinds of you know laws in in growing grapes. And what these people did in order to be able to get some water to their vines was plant rosemary bushes at the top of the hill and water the rosemary bushes. Because there's no law against that. Right. (laughs) And then the water just comes down. (laughs) It's brilliant. There's always a way around it. Well, here's the thing about the sandy soil. And then further to our region here in France, Bordeaux, Bergerac, it's got to have drainage. You got like that's the key. You can't, you know, everyone thinks, oh, uh, vines must grow in loamy earth. No, no, they don't. They they have to have drainage. Yeah. And, well, I mean, they they make incredible incredible product, but they produce. They're a mass producer yeah. of 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 port, and exceptionally, they started making. Rosé port in 2018. That's right. And you had mentioned in our last podcast that Bondia, uh, they, they just don't have the resources to go into. Well, I think it's kind of like they don't consider it being real port. Mm. Like they kind of, you know, look down their nose at, ah. at, at rosé. It's either, you know, white or red. But it's really popular right now. It's it's really popular. So, and it's becoming one of their, uh, this this um, winery, Croft, is one of their biggest sellers. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was, in, you know, very exciting. And it wasn't a long boat ride. Uh, sorry, bus ride. Bus ride. No. Well, and, the, but the one, the one, the, the previous day at Castillo Rodrigo, that was the limit for me. I, I, honestly, 30, 40 minutes on a bus one way, get me out. Yeah, yeah. I, I t- and they're nice buses. Also, you know. Oh, I know. It, it's not as if we're in a you know a short bus. We're, we're these are luxury buses. No, and, yeah. And but it's just you know it's not our. It's not our bag. Mm-mm. And and you know it's funny we were sitting there talking about uh, the four of us doing another European vacation in a couple of years, and I think we're going to try and hire like uh, a van of some kind uh, with a driver. Yeah, it's, a, it's a thought. It's a thought because. You know, first of all, car rentals right now, as you know, if you've been traveling, are stupid. 
stupid expensive everywhere in the world. Even Toronto, eight days, 1500 bucks for a Toyota Corolla? What? No. <laughs> no, no, ever. People are now considering buying cars yeah. <laughs> instead of renting them. Yeah. And then selling them again. Yeah. Anyway, that that was the because I you know we just don't want to be first of all herded onto uh, a bus with a bunch of people, uh, and they're you know the, sniffles and germs and <laughs> God. But you know what I think? I think we just don't like being told what to do and where, where to, go. to go. Yeah. At what time? Yeah. I I, I think that's not us. We're kind of more. We meander. We like mm. taking adventures. We like going off the beaten track. Want to go to our own lunch and you know not some picnic or whatever the heck. <laughs> so I, I just you know it, it the the thing was great and and you know so it, it I don't want to appear too negative here on the trip because it was great and I'll tell you what it was really perfect for and that was for us to just kind of reacquaint because we haven't seen our friends the Haywards in about three years I'm gonna say yeah. close to three years yes. so it was really great because no one was doing dishes no one was cooking no one was driving and this is something that's important to you we weren't packing and unpacking all the time yeah yeah, no. For for that, the boat cruise was really relaxing. Yeah, it's unfortunate that you got you know sick. Yeah, totally. That we that everybody got sick. Yeah. Um, but it was you know it, it was a good uh, a good adventure. Now on the very last day, we had the option, and this was an extra. I think it was thirty nine bucks a person. Once we got back into Porto Port, uh, we had an option to take a bike ride, and we were thinking, you know, after all the food and booze and everything. Let's uh, open up the schlooses, as they say. So we, uh, yeah, we took part, uh, and four of us, or no, Angie couldn't come. Angela couldn't come on that one. She wasn't feeling up to She wasn't feeling good, but... uh, Every excursion was was three three people, three (laughs) Three out of four, and it kept on changing. The only consistent one was me. Oh, great. I didn't know it was a competition. (laughs) It's not. But uh, we were greeted by Lucas, who was our guide, and he, you know, outfitted us with these... Um, you know, old timer bikes, the e-bikes. Yeah, which was which was great. And there are different there are different kinds of modes that you could yeah. you could use. And, and he suggested what which one the turbo? Yeah, turbo. And turbo, says, you don't do a thing. You just sit on. Yeah, you don't yeah. even have to pedal. No, no, you have to pedal. You have to pedal. <laughs> uh, anyway, but you know what? In, in fairness to using the e-bikes, you cover a lot of ground. So uh, we were way on the other side of Porto by the time it was all said and done. And we were in Gaia, actually. In Gaia, yeah, that's right. So it was a, a perfect day for it. It wasn't too hot. And so we go all the way. There's a there's a halfway point, and the halfway point is marked by this church on these rocks. And the reason the church is on the rocks is because, I don't know, a million years ago, some guy in a boat crashed his boat on the rocks and the rocks saved his life. So he dedicated <laughs> the rest of his life to building this church on these rocks. So it's, it's you know, it's a, it's it's, a tourist. It's got a great story. Yeah, and tourist attraction. And mm-hmm. you, know, you go up there and uh, got some photos for the Facebook page of the Church on the Rocks. It's just yeah, right. And so you're you're on the balcony in the back of the church, and you you you're, see the ocean, and it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it is cool. I you know it is it's it's really kind of amazing. Actually. Yeah. So we took a little stop because what what was the total kilometers? Like how many kilometers did we do? Oh, on the there bike? was there was a, there was a big argument whether it was twenty eight or forty eight. Oh, it was not forty eight. No, no, it was it was it was like twenty to twenty. Five yeah, it was it was a good distance. So we stopped and took a little break at that church, 
And then we got back on our bikes and headed back towards the boat. Oh, and Mr. Jeff saves the day again. You are the knight in shining armor. Hello. <laughs> so this this woman, I was the front of the pack. <clears throat> so this oh woman. Oh, <laughs> my God. You would have just got so pounded as a kid if you were at I my school. Lo- no, I had a lot of friends. Oh. Anyway, so she had her family, and the car, <laughs> the car door was uh, open on the bike path, on the sidewalk. So we had to make sure that we didn't, you know, hit her, the car, and, and we went and then we, yeah, by. When she, and, and yeah, and, and when she saw that there was a whole throng of bikes, she kind of hurried mm-hmm. to, to close the door. Yes. And... And get inside the car. Yes. And and then the the ignition came on, and I just out of the corner of my eye as I drove by the car, saw that she left her purse on the roof, threw on the binders, put on the kickstand. The guy was just pulling out into traffic, knocked on the back of his car, passed the purse onto the the woman, and she had this look of shock on her face. Abragada. Abrigado, uh, which is thank you in Portuguese. And, um, you know, Mr. Jeff saves the day on the purse. And you've been shining your halo oh, ever yeah. since. Oh, huh? yeah. And I really got nice payback. Hey, <laughs> hey, here's the karma wheel. Thanks for saving that woman's purse. Here's three months worth of sickness. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, it, 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 it was a good bike ride. We got back um, and um, in, in, good, in good time to get ready for dinner on our last day on the boat. Yeah, that was, no, it was really good. And and a perfect, perfect length of time. Yeah, like, yeah, it, I, like we were ready to come home. Oh, and th- by the way, there's, <laughs> this is not for me. There was an extension. You could take the eight-day Duro mm-hmm. cruise or you could mm-hmm. take the 11-day. But what I didn't realize is the 11-day is three days of driving around Portugal in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had, they had, Neat excursions, but you're right. You would be leaving Porto and, and driving down the coast in a bus. Oh. And, uh, you know, they had things like Lisbon cooking classes and foodie walks and, you know, a bunch of different activities in Sintra. So, you know, th- there were things to do. And, and there were quite a few people that were taking that extension. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just crazy. Uh, anyway, we we decided not to. And so we packed up our bags. Mm-hmm. And Sunday morning... The car was ready for us, mm-hmm. and this wonderful driver um, was bringing us to the airport. He was so proud of his country, Portugal, yeah, and st- started talking about all the benefits of living in Portugal. And he was know, like, he was like an encyclopedia. Uh, yeah, you know, surprising to us, we didn't realize that so many people spoke English. His English was perfect. Yeah, we didn't have any issues at all at any of the the. Uh, degustations, the tasting, the stores, shops, anywhere on shore, everyone spoke English. Yeah, if you're, uh, and we're going to get into this here right now about uh, what he was telling us about, but, uh, you know, if <laughs> France has a huge language barrier if you don't speak French. It's massive because the administration here is through the roof. You're always going to be dealing with the government, and if you can't speak French, you're, you're just, you're pooched. So, uh Portugal is is a great option because he said, now, we don't know this for a fact, but he said, everybody speaks English here. 
That's what he said. Yeah. Well, even even the guy that picked us up from the flight, oh, he great. spoke English and said that it's mandatory to take a second language in school. Unlike France, where they dabble in a second language, there you need to know a second language. So, so this guy on the on the way to the airport was telling us about these golden visas, golden tickets. <laughs> and so we inquired about, you know, what is a golden visa? And he said, well, if you're a foreigner and you come and spend X amount of dollars, I believe for Portugal it's two hundred and eighty thousand euros, and it can be in real estate, you automatically get residency. Mm-hmm. So that means that you can visit the whole Schengen area and and you don't have to have uh, any kind of documentations because you are a Portugal resident. You don't even have to live there. <laughs> I think you need to live seven or 14 days a year in the property that you purchased in order to get that residency. And 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 you may be wondering, well, what's the difference between that and what, what you guys did in France, Jeff and Julie? And I think that is the difference right there, is what, what we did was we moved here. And, and first of all, we can't work here. So uh, that made it really easy that we're just retiring here. But we actually live here bought a house here and pay taxes here. So as a result, we benefit from the healthcare system and we have a visitor's visa and blah, 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 blah. But to Julie's point, what Portugal is saying and 11 other uh, European countries, including Malta. Yeah. Well, the top three are Portugal, Spain, Greece, Malta, and Bulgaria. And what they're saying is... You can do the same thing Jeff and Julie did in France, except you don't have to even live there. What is it? The minimum requirement of uh, 14 days a year Uh, or something? Well, in in Portugal, it's 7 to 14 days per year. In Spain, the amount that you need to invest is higher. It's 500,000 euros, but there are no residency requirements. You don't even have to be there a day. Huh. Um, Greece is also 500,000 euros. Malta is 600,000 euros, but it can't be an investment in real estate. It can only be in the National Development Fund. I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, Yes. Um, And then, you know, other countries like Switzerland have very high standards in order to obtain a golden visa. And... Others involve, you know, creating employment, starting a company, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like the criteria for uh, getting in is different and what you receive is different for your money. So it's worth checking out because I got to tell you, had we known this and had we, well, first of all, had we known the difficulties that France, uh, the pylons that they throw in front of you to hop over, uh, coupled with the fact that these other countries have these golden parachutes, I don't think we would have come here. There's no way. I think our decision would have been different. Because this is, so France is not welcoming. I'm just going to tell you that right now. They are not welcoming in this in this vein. You know, they make you, and this habitation tax thing, like, it's just one level of administration after another, and they keep adding on and making people jump through more and more hoops. It's just not a friendly... Here's the funny thing. The people here are amazing in France. Yeah, in person, lovely. Oh, like we've got some great friends. They have been so helpful and welcoming, and it's just, it just, it's completely opposite to the way the government welcomes you or doesn't. 
Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no appreciation for being contributors to their economy. None. Whereas if you were looking at Portugal, Spain, Greece, Malta, or Bulgaria, there's a huge appreciation for, you know... What it, you're bringing into the country. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it was inc- incredible information. There's still so many details that uh, we don't know about. Like, you know, if, you've, if you're in Portugal, do you have a- access to their health care? Maybe not. Got to check Maybe that out. Maybe it's got to be a private insurance company. So there, there, there are bound to be downsides. It can't, can't all be rainbows and, you mm-hmm. know, unicorns. But um, for sure, that's something to, to, if you're thinking of moving to Europe, to check out. Well, don't do France. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> no, because I, I, I was saying uh, with with Humble and Fred uh, this week, I, in good conscience, I could not recommend moving to this country. Not a chance. Not with what we know, what I know you've been through, because you've uh, had to deal with the lion's share of all of the French administration. No way would I recommend somebody go through that. Um, you know, we're all set up now, but we're still, we still have things that we vault over every day, and we're here over three, uh, almost three years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like you get up in the morning and go, okay, who am I going to fight with today? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but you mentioned the, la taxe d'habitation. Yeah. So um, that was a tax. It was abolished on January 1st of 2023. Oh, you're thinking, oh, that's good. So it was abolished for those that have their primary residence in France. Right. And that tax was just to be a resident, to be be allowed to be in this country, Uh, you need to pay between 100 and 1,500 euros. That's what that tax was all about. Well, now if you're a permanent resident, they're saying, well, you you don't... you're, you don't have You're to. Exempt. You're, You're exempt. exempt. You don't have to pay that tax. However, many, many people have second homes here. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Brits, a lot of Dutch have properties or property owners here or are landlords, and they will still have to pay la taxe d'habitation. Right. And th- when this thing all came through, there was a deadline to get it done for mid-June. And those people who are not residents here couldn't get it done because they couldn't get themselves onto the website. Yep. So th- the problem is that you need to have, you need to create a file on the governor of the Ministry of Finance's website. So because we pay taxes here, we had our personal space. That form was waiting for us. Actually, it was mostly filled out. We just had to make some minor corrections. And there you go. Because it is mandated that everybody who owns a property has to tell the government whether they live here full time, right. if right. this is their primary residence. I was actually able to, to, to fill in the, that yeah. form. Yes. Yeah. The problem is with those with secondary homes don't have their personal space, to create it is is you can only do it online. And once you start it, they ask for ID that you have to present in person to the prefecture. So there, everybody's irate and mad. On June 16th alone, the government received 94,000 phone calls. Because people couldn't fi- figure it out, couldn't, couldn't fill out the form. And there was really no way other than for them to go to the prefecture themselves. So, you know, a lot of them are living out of the country. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's it's very messy. I don't think it was very well thought out. But now the deadline has been pushed to the end of July so that people can get their, their act together and make sure that the government knows whether or not they're living here full time or not. 
crazy. It is it's, pretty nuts. It's just crazy. But this this is the stuff that happens here on a regular basis. That you know, like <laughs> next week we're going to tell you all about the, the the new the new garbage rules. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we we picked up a composter in Tremont the other day, and wait till you hear next week. We're going to tell you all about now. It's going to be new garbage rules. You're going to need cards and you, you know rules for everything. You know, fingerprints and you know, <laughs> it's just holy crap. It changes uh, by the day. Yeah, you here. need a garbage ID. Anyway, we'll get to that next week. Yeah, that'll that'll be coming up on next week's show. Before we go though today, we got to tell you about uh, like the worst airline I think I've ever Ooh, encountered in my you life. You are not a happy camper. The, well, okay, especially especially after uh, uh, the trip to Porto on EasyJet, which was fantastic. I don't, I'm not one of these guys who's just complaining about stuff. I will pass out the kudos when the kudos are. Uh, are appreciated. And the EasyJet experience was, as I mentioned last week, fantastic to a person. Yeah. So Skytrax is an organization that rates airlines. Right. And EasyJet gets a four out of five for discount airlines or for, you know, low fare mm-hmm. airlines. So that's great. Then I went and looked at... Tap. The, the airline that we flew back to France. And it, the customer rankings... Is like it's a four point one out of ten. I, and I, I know the reason. I know the reason, or one of the reasons that it was such a disaster. So TAP Airlines, it's like the National Airlines of Portugal. First of all, the National Airlines of Portugal, in the biggest airport in Portugal, Lisbon, you have to take a bus from the plane to the terminal. What the hell is wrong with that? I hate those buses. You get off your plane. Now you're on a crammed bus. You have to sit on there for 10 minutes while all these randoms get on the bus and you're cramped up and then you get driven. And honestly, that drive was almost as long as the flight. It was long. It was long. And our flight was delayed. Oh, yeah. And they sent us to the wrong gate. The flight was delayed. Then when we got to the gate, they'd split the gate in two and without telling anybody. It was just an absolute poop show. And then, oh, go ahead. Uh, And uh, I'm just going to say that one of the reasons, and I think Southwest does this as well, a lot of airlines, you got to rethink this policy. So I understand boarding by zone. Brilliant idea. But don't put signs up. That say zone A, zone B, zone C, because everybody starts, well, you know, people, they all get in their little lines and then the lines get disfigured. And all of a sudden you got everybody standing at the uh, at the gate. That's not what you want. What you want to do is call by zone. Don't put signs up because, first of all, these little areas are very small. And so everybody crowds into the areas, oh, I'm in C zone, as opposed to just going and sitting down and waiting for somebody to call your zone. There's your first problem. Fixed. You're welcome. Tap airlines. (laughs) We finally made it to our plane. And then we get hear the announcement on, oh, on the, and the right. captain says, um, we know that this plane is late. We're sorry to tell you this, but we have some technical problems. Oh. And so this sweet young girl in the back, <laughs> she's 
calling all of her relatives because she's afraid of flying. And she's going, we're late. And then we did this. And then we did that. And now, and now the plane, the plane, it, it, it has problems. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, she was, what, 13 or 12 yeah. or something. Yeah, and you, you, but you, you sensed that she was actually kind of a funny girl. She like, was a she, funny girl. She was telling a good story. Yeah. Anyway, so we sat there on the tarmac for, what, another? 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. It was just a disaster. The whole thing with TAP, an absolute disaster. If you're flying to Portugal and you can possibly avoid TAP Airlines, avoid TAP Airlines. Jeez, what a nightmare. They just don't have it figured out. They just, it's, it's, some of this stuff is simple. Yeah, I mean, and it's such a busy airport. Like, oh, it's they have, horrible. You know, they have to figure out, like, you know, we've had experiences in airports like the Munich airport, which was brilliant, so well organized, yeah. one of the top airports in the world. That's right, Julie. <laughs> this was very well organized. <laughs> uh, but that it, it was just, people were milling around, going in all kinds of different directions. There was confusion <laughs> everywhere. It was it was just a, a really yeah. kind of... It was, uh, like, it was like kicking over an ant's nest. <laughs> it, it was just... <laughs> Anyway, uh, just uh, there you go. Just some travel tips from Jeff and Julie. Don't use that airline, but use EasyJet. They were great. They were fantastic. I don't know. And not expensive. And not expensive. On next week's show, uh, we're going to revisit one of our beautiful uh, neighboring villages. Uh, is it Pujol? If, if you're a baseball fan and you know who Albert Pujols is, that's exactly the same spelling as Pujol. But I think Pujol sounds just a little bit better and than Pujols. Pujols. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, yeah, we're going to, we, we were there a while ago. My brother's coming next week. We're going to take him there. It's just a beautiful village and uh, yep. it's quite different. It from, is very different. In, in the winter, it's dead. It's so quiet. There's n- no one out, maybe one restaurant open. But in the summer, it's brimming with activity. So we will take you there next week on Chapter 74. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. À très vite.